Amen. So um, if you're taking notes today, go ahead and get your phone or your tablet ready, your Bibles, your notepads. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to provide everything for you on the screen. But there's something about a physical Bible. Um, and so if you can start bringing your Bible, you ought to. It's a major encouragement. I've been getting a lot of questions lately. Are we in the uh, end times? Or um, like, <laughs> is Christ coming back soon? And um, I say, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. Not, not even Jesus knows. Um, and we're going to read some scripture to, to verify these things. But uh, uh, I, I, we're, in the, we're in the last days. So write that down if you're taking notes. We, we are in the last days. We're not in the last day. The last day is when Christ comes back. And so we are in the last days. Um, he set that in motion after he ascended to heaven. And so I want to give you a few cool stats here. 28% of the Bible is devoted to prophecy of end time events. And so the big word uh, for end times is eschatology. And it means the study of end times. Do your best to try to spell that on your own. (laughs) Eschatology. The study of end time events. So 28%. So that's a third of the word of God is focused on the end times. Um, A third of your life you sleep. Um, A third of the Bible is dreams, visions, prophecy. Um, There are 300 references to the second coming of Jesus in the New Testament. 300 references. Why is that so important? Well, it's important because Christ fulfilled hundreds of prophecies and foretellings about him years ago. And if he fulfilled all of those prophecies, we have every reason to believe that he is going to come back one day. Um, It was prophesied 900 years before his resurrection that he would resurrect by David. It was prophesied 700 years before his birth that he was going to be born. And for thousands of years, mankind had been waiting on a savior or a Messiah, and he finally came. He came. He did what he said he was going to do for three years in his ministry. He died. He rose on the third day, and he ascended into heaven. And so we have every reason to believe these 300 prophecies about these end-time events. 216 out of 260 chapters reference the end times. So that's about 80% of the chapters in the New Testament reference end times. Someone say big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal because we believe that the Bible is the Word of God. And, And let me just tell you this here, two things. No one knows when this is going to happen exactly. And so if someone comes to you and says, 2034, Christ is coming back. Jesus said, don't believe that. Because he doesn't even know when he's coming back. It's up to the Father. And no one knows exactly how he's coming back. Um, We have some scripture to help us, but no one knows specifically every detail as to how. He's coming back. What I want to do is I want to give us eight major end time events. Eight major end time events. Y'all ready? Someone say number one, rapture. The rapture. The word here, rapture, is not found in scripture, but it is a biblical concept. And the word means caught up. 
the word means called up. And so the Bible teaches, and so with every, all of these events, you're going to have a scripture reference. First Thessalonians 4, I want you to go home and read it. So the Bible teaches that there's going to be this horn or this sound come from heaven. The angel of the Lord is going to sound off, going to make this announcement that the king is coming. So the world's going to hear this loud sound. The Bible says that Christ is going to appear in the earth, in the sky, in the sky, and that the dead in Christ will rise first. So not the dead in Allah, not the dead in Buddha, not the dead in whatever else is out there. The dead in Christ are going to rise. And and we don't know how it's going to happen, but the soul is going to meet the body be it the body is ashes or bones or whatever state the decomposition is in, the soul is going to meet the body and the, my grandma is going to rise. And then the Bible says that those who are alive in Christ will be taken up to be with the Lord. So that's the rapture. Paul teaches that. Uh, the second thing that's going to happen, so we're in heaven with Christ. Next thing is the judgment seat of Christ. Someone say that. Judgment seat of Christ. And this is where, as believers, we're in heaven. Praise the Lord. This is an award ceremony where you're going to be rewarded for everything you did in the body. And God is going to take a look at your life, and he's going to say, that was great. You get a reward. That, your soul saved, but I wasn't in that. You know, you know we talk about the furnace from time to time. That's when it's going to be like, dang, I thought that mattered. He's going to be like, I'm sorry, it didn't. But he's going to reward you for the things that did matter. So it's the judgment seat of Christ. Then after we get dressed and, and get ready, we're going to the, the supper, the wedding supper of the lamb. Because Christ is the lamb of God who was slain for the sins of the world. There's an old sacrificial system before Christ came in where lambs were slain. Blood had to be shed for the forgiveness or the atonement or the substitution of sin. Jesus is that lamb. So we're going to be married off to Christ. The church's nickname, one of the church's nickname, is the Bride of Christ. And this is when we come before our groom and we get married. And we, in that moment with Christ, become one. You know, so your body's going to be perfect. You're going to be dressed in a white robe, which is seamless. And, and that white robe has been dipped in the blood of Jesus Christ. It purifies you. And, and you're, you're cleansed and you're perfect and we're together. Now, while all that is happening in heaven, God, has, God is going to remove his spirit from the earth. So right now, the spirit of God is in the earth working. He's working on the behalf of non-believers and believers. He's protecting, he's providing, he's healing. Scripture teaches that the blessing of God reigns on the just and the unjust. What makes you just is your faith in Christ. If you're not in Christ, if you don't believe in Jesus, you are not justified yet. But God still protects you. God still loves you. God still blesses you. Now, when, when, when we're up there, God is going to remove his spirit. This is a scary thing. And, and we've now entered the tribulation. Someone say tribulation. tribulation. It means trials, hard times. And Jesus describes in Matthew 24 that this is going to be a time unlike any other time 
has been or will be that the earth will experience when it comes to darkness and deprivation. And, and, and so the flesh and evil is going to have a full green light to do what it wants to do. And Satan is going to be like, yeah, buddy. So for the first three and a half years, this is crazy. War, disease, murder, division. For the first three and a half years, 30% of the world will die. It will be wiped out. Because that's the enemy plan. He hates you. He hates us. He wants to kill us all. Is this okay? Y'all all right? Welcome to Highlight Church. Come on, put your hands together. I need to wake you up. I mean, we could do big dreams or Psalm 23. Okay, cool. All right, we already did that. Let's, let's move on, right? Thank you so much. I appreciate that. All right, now, now that's three and a half years. 30% will be now the Antichrist. Someone say Antichrist. Antichrist. He's going to rise up all in the name of peace because all this chaos has happened, and he's going to create a one-world government. Okay, a one-world government. And, 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 and he's going to establish himself as the leader of that world government. And, and so even now, the spirit of Antichrist is working in the earth, but he's still under the submission of Christ and the plan of God. But he will have his opportunity. All right? Eventually, it's going to go from peace, convenience, recommendation, to it to become a requirement. You got to read the language in the Bible, right? So right now the Antichrist is working, but he can't fully require things because God won't allow him. But once God lifts up, there are going to be certain laws passed where you can't eat or drink or do anything unless you have this. He will work through the laws of the land, right? All right, so it's a law. And then once he establishes this one world government, see, Satan doesn't know when to stop. And he's, he's very idiotic. He's very stupid. He will go into the church and he will claim himself to be God himself. And this is when we enter into the last three and a half years where if you thought the first three and a half were bad, the last three and a half is what we call the great tribulation. So it, it turns up times 100. All right? And so... After that, y'all okay? Tribulation. All right, the next one is the second coming of Christ. So God is going to have enough. And the Bible says that we're all going to see Jesus. And we know that technology is advancing, and one way is through the Internet. But everyone in the world is going to see Jesus descend. He says, the way I left on a cloud is the way I'm going to come back. And he's going to descend on... The, the Mount of Olives. So you remember in your gospel where you read, he's crying and he's like, Lord, take this cup of suffering away from me. Take it away from me. He's in the Mount of Olives. This is a place where olives were taken and they were crushed and the oil would flow from them. All right, so oil represents the spirit of God. All right, so Jesus was being crushed from all of that agony because he had taken on the sins of the world. He was being crushed. He asked God, could it bypass? God said, no. He had to go to the cross to be crushed. When he, resur- when he resurrected, he released the oil to the church, the Holy Spirit. So when he returns, he's going to return to the Mount of Olives. And then he's going to bind the Antichrist and throw him into the lake of fire to be tormented forever and ever. Then he's going to bind Satan and throw him into the endless pit, the abyss. 
And this is going to usher in the millennial reign of Jesus, where we reign with Jesus for 1,000 years. No Satan, no sin, no, it's all peace, it's all good. And for whatever reason, Satan's going to be released from the bottomless pit. I don't know why. When you get there, you can ask him. But he's going to be released from the bottomless pit to deceive the nations one more time. Jesus is then going to bind him, throw him into the lake of fire to be tormented with his demons forever and ever. Because I'm thinking, if I'm Satan, I don't want to go alone. If I'm Satan, and I know my judgment, I, I I don't want to go alone. If I'm Satan and you're a Christian, I want to make you miserable. I want to make you struggle because I know your soul's saved. But if you're not saved, I want to keep you away from Jesus. I want to keep you away from God because Satan knows that, that this, this life is not all that there is. There is an eternity. This is why so many people fear death. It's not that you fear death. You, you fear the uncertainty of what's next. But as a Christian, you don't have to. Be, yeah, we can clap that up. You don't have to. We win. I promise we win. Because you got, you got some groups that they, they live in Revelation, and they're deep, and they're weird, and they're scary. And you're like, leave me alone. I don't know anything about that foreign language. Then you got people that just avoid it altogether. And they're like, I'm scared of it. But at the end, we win. After Jesus does that, here it is, it then becomes the great white throne judgment. Wherever so, every soul that's ever lived will appear before God. The church is already saved, but those who survive the tribulation will have to appear. Even through the tribulation, there will still be people who won't accept Christ. That's bonkers. They would have seen the rapture. They would have seen Satan defeated. There's still people like, no. And so they're going to be judged, the Bible says, with books. One book is the Bible. And, and if you're not covered in the Lamb's blood, you're going to be judged by the Mosaic law, a law that you break every day. The other book is the Lamb's book of life, where your name is written. I remember the disciples, they casted out demons and they came back to Jesus and they were like, we cast out demons in your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did ministry. We did church. We gave. We did all those great things. Yeah, we, we, we served our city. We highlighted the city. We, we opened the door. We ushered. Jesus, I preach, you know. And, we, and Jesus said, that's cool, but you should be excited for the fact that your names are registered in heaven. And, and so he's going to pull up that book, and he's going to say, Joshua Redding, come on home. And every soul is going to be judged. And then after that, it's going to be a new heaven and new earth forever and ever and ever. No pain, no tears, no devil, no headaches. No, it's going to be a full redemption. And so that's that. And what's, what's, what's crazy is, is that these are eight major events, right? So the number seven is the number of completion, the judgment. And the number eight is the number of new beginnings. And now let's see what Jesus Christ had to say about this, because that's what's really important. What did he have to say about it? He says this here, 
Matthew 24, verse 36. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son of Man or the Son himself. So I don't even know. Only the Father knows, verse 37. When the Son of Man returns, that's his nickname, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets, parties, and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. The people were shopping, going to the mall, traveling, right up until the time the sky is going to crack open. He says this here. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. So you two must keep watch. Someone say keep watch. For you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time. Someone say all the time. time. For the Son of Man will come when least expected. And if he did it before, there's an old song by Ty Tribbett. If he did it before... remember when I was eight years old, we came home to our apartment, uh, my mother and I and my brother, and I'm sure some of you have gone through this, but it had been broken into. And that's one of the most vulnerable places, right? It's like, who did it? You see a door knocked down, windows, glasses, things have been stolen, and you just feel so vulnerable, Right? And Christ is saying, this is, this is how it's going to be. When that, when that sky cracks open, <laughs> I mean, just think about it. Like, you're you, you at your computer, because he used modern-day stuff like grinding it. You know, okay. It's like you're at your computer, doing your work. And, and you just start to, what in the world? Oh, I can fly. And you look up and you see Jesus, but your coworker's like, and I know it's funny, but until it actually happens, like like when he came, and and what I've been sent here to do today is is to help us finish well. And um, to just remind us that this is not all that there is. And the the church needs to wake up. Someone say wake up. up. And um, cute cute church is almost, the clock is almost ticking for America. I mean, if if you go and check on China right now, they're bulldozing churches. They're arresting pastors. Um, even, Even your northern neighbor, Canada. They're arresting pastors for having Bible studies outside the building. But a few blocks down the road, there's a strip club wide open. And you got to see the spiritual agenda going on. 
and, we, and we're still the cool church. You know what I mean? I'm still the young pastor to help. I still wear a gold chain. I'm still preaching a hat. But, but I, I got to, can I preach true from time to time? Can, can we get, come on, put your hands together. Can I get real? I mean, it's, it's in here. It's in here. I want to give us five thoughts on finishing well. The first one is this. Life as you know it will come to an end one day. Life as you know it will come to an end one day. James says this, the brother of Jesus, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow, for you are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Life as you know it will end one day. And I started thinking, a vapor. (laughs) This is how big and eternal God is. And he says, our life is, is but this. And we, we put a lot into this. I got to get my 401k right. I got to live in that neighborhood. I'm going to go on this side because y'all can't see. We, we put a lot into that. And, and that's the way God sees it. That even looks like a spirit, don't it? I need a camera. Let's do some graphics, some effects. But, but you may have a lot of time. You may not. Some of us, we think we got 50, 40 years ahead of us. People, people younger than us are dying every single day. And life as you know it will come to an end. Second, second point on finishing well, and these are just thoughts, is that we will all face judgment. It says this here in Hebrews 9, 27. And as it is appointed for men to die once. Someone say appointed. But after this, the judgment. So, so there, there is a date that unless a human intervenes and cuts your life short, there is a date appointed to you to die. And then right after that is the judgment. We're going to come face to face with our maker one day. Part of the issue about the spirit of the world is that we just go about life as if God is not tallying things up. And we're not talking a workspace salvation. Jesus died for you. You're saved because of everything he did on the cross. But you will, saved or unsaved, give an account for what you've done. And, and, and we're going to face, it is appointed one day. And it says this here in the white great throne judgment, the Bible will be open. And, and if you're not covered by the blood of Christ, what you're going to be judged by is the law. And you want to be covered by the blood. You want to be drenched in the blood of Christ. You, you, some of y'all, y'all know the, the story about Pharaoh releasing the children of Israel. And, and God told Moses, slay a lamb and then put the blood over the doorposts. And when I send the death angel, the death angel, the judgment, because death is, is not ceasing to exist. Death, here it is, you need a definition, is eternal separation from God, which is hell. Because God is the life source. He's the life source. And what you're going to want to do, God is going to look at your life, and he's going to look for the blood. 
And if he doesn't see the blood, judgment hits. God is going to assess every detail of our lives. Jesus even said, every word will be judged. So a lot of y'all right now need to start deleting your social media. That ain't funny. That's funny to me. Because it's going to be judged. It's going to be, that wasn't me. That wasn't a part of 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 me. And, and, and this is the thing, like, like we can do all, we can do everything we want to do as humans. We can pass laws to legitimize mess, but it's not going to fly in heaven. Just because man says it's okay, doesn't mean God says it's okay. Now, y'all know I love you. That's not like that preach on it. You know I love you. Me a hug, big guy. I'm just saying we can't live messy and, and say we're saved. If it's good, let me know it's good. Come on, put your hands together. <laughs> Number three, make your relationship with Jesus your top priority. Some of y'all need to make that step and give your life to Christ. You never know. God forbid, I pray protection, but you never know. We hear too many stories of, oh my God, I lost this person to a car accident. They had so much potential out in front of them. But did they know Jesus? Some of us think we have time. You don't have as much time as you think. You you need to, God is here, you're here. This is a line. You need to make that step. Some of you, you need to keep growing in Christ. You made the decision, keep growing. My encouragement to you is stay sharp. The Bible talks about growing dull and indifferent. The, The Greek word there in dull that he uses in Hebrews is don't become a moron. Stay sharp. Stay in the scripture, stay in prayer, stay in praise, stay in church, stay sharp, stay sharp. Give your life to Jesus. See, even non-believers have a relationship with Jesus, but it's one that they don't engage. There is something there, but you got to make it, make it a priority, make growth a priority. He has a great plan for your life and he wants to be intimate with you. Here it is. Jesus provides the best life on this earth in the one to come. So, so, so you're wasting your time trying to run away from him. You might as well just give your life to him and come to him and serve him and trust him so that heaven can be your home when it's all said and done. Just get it right here, right now. And there's... I. We can preach all day. God loves you. God forgives you. I got the Easter. You're Peter. You're this. You're that. How many times does the church need to say these cute things to people to get you to come to God? Just give your life to God and stop playing games so you can get blessed. God is done jumping through hoops. 
And, and if we're not paying attention to what's going on, the conditioning that's going on, we're sleeping. We're sleeping. The division that's going on. The, there's so much confusion right now. Do I wear it? Do I not? Can I go here? Can I not? Can I? And the Bible teaches that God is not the author of confusion. So who is? Christians fighting against Christians. Make your relationship with Jesus your top priority. And love people. Love well. I, th- I think that the, the saddest part about what the Antichrist is doing right now is, is he's taking away the humanity from people. If this is where you are in that journey, I respect that and I honor that. This is where I am. Don't, don't try to force something on people. God, God doesn't force anything on people. You, you get, Come on, put your hands together for this. This is... That ain't, this stuff ain't God. It's not God. But you got you to gotta see what the enemy is doing in the church, in the home, in the nation. He's trying to tear it down because he knows he's not going, he's, he's not going alone. And he doesn't want to. Make your relationship with Jesus your top priority. Number four, please God. Please God. In everything that you do, let's finish well. Please, God. If that relationship doesn't please God, quit it. Please, God. Please. Oh, man, Jesus talked about how we just go be doing our thing. If that, if that sky crack open and you, you're doing something you ain't supposed to be doing, he said, be ready. Please, God. Girl, we can't no more. Man, dude, we can't no more. I ain't gossiping no more about that. I'm not complaining anymore about that. I got to please God. Hey, if we're going to do this, we need to get married. We need to honor God. I'm not drinking it no more. I'm not smoking it no more. We, we need to, to, to stop playing with God. We need, to, we need to please God. I remember when I came to Christ. I've told you guys this before. I had a main girl and I had a side chick. <laughs> Is this too real today? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it, I don't know. I'm hungry. But um, one of the first things I did, I told them both, we got to stop. I want to please God. I want to please God. And, and that started seven years of purity and abstinence. And, and um, got to get real about our faith, man. I think just because God gives us another day, it's almost like we think he's okay with our mess. He's not. And, and you may be saved, but is that the best God can do in your life? Is it skew sin? Please, God. And this ain't old school preaching. This is Bible. And the world is hungry to see the true sons and daughters of the Lord revealed. Please, God. 
It's, it's the greatest thing. And number five, focus on people. People live forever. There's nothing more that God loves than people. Focus on people. Serve people. Love people. Jesus died for people. When Jesus comes back, he's getting people. Devote your life to people. Let, let, let's plunder hell and, and populate heaven. I, I'm, I'm, I'm praying that you would, you, would, you, would, you, would be, you would be bold. Yeah, we can clap that out. That's good. That's good. I'm praying for your boldness for the Lord. You need to start speaking up at work. Stop, stop feeling like, oh, man, they're going to look at me funny. I'm going to look stupid. I'm a, I remember when, when I came to the Lord, man, we, we're, on, we're on fire, boy. I mean, we thought the whole campus was going to hell. So we're like, you need to come to church, and you need to come to church. And, and we just, the more we did it, the more muscle it became. Yeah. Hey, we, can I pray for you today? It might sound weird, but more people will accept it than you know. Hey, what, what are you doing Sunday? Our, our church is having some food, and come check it out. We'd invite people, they'd come, and we'd be like, oh, Pastor, why are you preaching on that? Like y'all be doing me. And we'd be like, oh, they ain't going to stick. Three, four months later, they had the altar, crying. Saved. Life changed forever. Never underestimate the power of an invite. Focus on people. Finish well. So you can hear these words, okay? So you can hear these words by Christ. Matthew 25, 23. Well done, my good and faithful servant. I always tell my wife, when I think about Jesus sitting on the right hand of God right now, because that's where he is, he's fully alive. I think he's sitting there and he's like this. And he sees all the death and all the destruction. He's like, I think he's getting antsy. We got about 20 to 30 years, America. And I think some things are going to start to become real tough for the church. So please, I beg you, I beg you as a, as a pastor, as someone who, who, who God has my ear, please, I'm prophesying this. Wake up. I'm not saying be weird. You don't got to go to church and throw your Bible, I mean, to work and throw your Bible all over the office and write scripture on the, on the urinal and on the, you don't got to do weird stuff. I'm just saying like, wherever you go, be a vessel. Be a vessel. It boils down to eternity. And you got people I love, I have people I love. And what you want to do is you want to see them in heaven with you. 
I knew when I baptized my father, he was 79. The greatest part of that was knowing that when he passes, he'll be waiting on me. And now I know for a fact that this man I love so much, when it boils down to it, we don't have to be separated forever. 50 years, or I'm 34, 34 years versus eternity. It matters. And before we pray, this is another thing I want to put on your heart. Sometimes the church isn't called to boost you. Hype me up. I'm going to make it through another week. I need to pay my bills. Ah, Bills, bills, bills. Is your soul saved? That's the job of the church. Is your soul saved? So that one day we don't have to worry about bills. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We give you honor and praise. We give you glory. Jesus, our hearts are postured, ready for your return. And we thank you, God, that we don't have to be fearful because as believers, we've already won. You've provided a way to the Father, and we accept that. So, Lord, thank you for this reminder. Thank you for this encouragement. Give us the strength and the boldness to share you with the world. Lord, we love you. With every head bowed, if there is anyone in here who does not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity today. And only you and God know. Maybe you've been attending church, but you haven't made that faith decision to give your life to God. I want to give you that opportunity today. Church, I need you to be interceding for people, not preparing to leave. I need you to be praying right now. Someone is on the brink of being saved. God is here and he loves you. You never know when your number is called. But you can be prepared by accepting Christ as your Savior. And if that's you, Pray this prayer in your heart with me. If you're coming to Christ for the first time, we're going to pray. If you're coming back to the Lord, we're going to pray. Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I receive your forgiveness and I give my life to you. Lord, I ask for the gift of your Holy Spirit and I ask that you would give me the grace to follow you and to glorify you for the rest of my life. I am saved. I am yours. I love you, and heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Celebrate that.